On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk about 75 hard leaving me ruined and how you can never close the door once you begin on the journey of self-improvement. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 115 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is a place where I tell the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and of taking on some fairly unusual challenges, sometimes on my own, sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. And I have to start by apologising because this is another one of those episodes that is in the very rare club of episodes which are late. Um, If you're listening on Friday, it's still Friday, it's still coming out on the right day, Um, but this normally is published at like 4am in the morning and recorded the night before. It's currently like 3pm in the afternoon on Friday and I have not long got to the office to come and specifically record this because last night when I was going to record it, as I normally would on a Thursday, I just could not be bothered. And um, the reason for that is actually an interesting place to start because this week, specifically the second half of this week, I have felt more run down and fatigued than I can ever remember before. And I don't think that this is necessarily burnout as such. I think this is more like the physical strains of some of the stuff I've been trying to do recently mixed together with um, fewer good habits as compared to a few months ago uh, and then throw into the mix not enough sleep just to kind of complement all of that um, and it has been rough this week so rough in fact that um, I believe I'm right in saying that last night was the first time in two and a half years that I've ever voluntarily just avoided recording an episode there's been a couple of times where I've been like properly ill or I think that's it actually, it's only ever when I've been ill that I've like skipped it or moved it back a day or whatever it might be. But yesterday, I actually put on my Instagram story, I left the office earlier than usual. Um, I got to the gym car park and I just thought the absolute last thing I could see myself doing was going back from the gym to the office to record this. Um, And it's interesting because in moments like this, it's really hard to actually scale back, right? To resist from trying to do more because right now I have just as much I want to get done in life. And yet I know that if for the next few days I try and push as hard as I can to not only get done what I want to get done, but also play catch up on the whole of this week, which has been fairly shit, I'm only going to be making the problem worse. And so I'm going to try and take things slowly this Easter weekend. Um, haven't got much work planned, doing a couple of things over the weekend, but nothing that is too kind of intensive. And so it'll be a fairly chilled weekend. And um, yeah, it'll just be interesting. So I think what is causing this, if I'm honest, as well as just worse sleep than usual and whatever else is, I am on day 40, I believe, of 75 hard at the moment. And 75 hard, I have said before, is more of a mental challenge 
than it is a physical challenge. And that was the conclusion I reached the first time when I attempted it. When I failed on like day 26, it wasn't because my body had given up. It was that it was a mental struggle to continue, especially back then when gyms were closed and whatever else. It was just tough, right? Whereas <laughs> this time, having had a cold um, last week and had training through that and then not really properly recovering from that cold and still having to train through it, working out every single day, doing a walk every single day um, and then actually pushing myself in the gym quite a bit. There have been days where I just kind of get there and I'm going through the motions, but like really pushing myself on some days. I feel like the challenge I'm now up against and what I need to be really cautious of for the next few days to make sure that I can make it through for the next 35 days or so and get to the end of this challenge, I need to be more cautious and more conscious about the the physical strain that a challenge like this puts on me rather than the the mental. Because in a way the um it's not a challenge anymore to go to the gym literally every single day because it's just become part of my habit and routine and actually it's not so true to say that this weekend because the gym I go to near the office is closed all weekend because of Easter so that's going to throw a spanner in the works but generally like it's really really easy and habitualized for me to go to the gym every day now for me to do the little walk I do every day like the mental challenge has gone like the first two weeks first three weeks it was difficult it's all habit now it's now just listening to my body and giving myself what I need to not just absolutely crash so that's going to be the challenge um but yeah this is all to say that I just don't feel 100% this week I feel very tired very fatigued I've been going to sleep very late for whatever reason I've been waking up very late um, I've been working fewer hours than I traditionally would be at this time of year. And yeah, everything's just been a bit of a struggle. So I need to take that into account when planning next week and hopefully get through this slump and come out the other end. Um, <clears throat> I think something on that that I need to focus on more to kind of bolt on to this point is sleep because... I mean, if you've ever listened to this podcast, you know how much I rate sleep, right? You know how much I talk about Matthew Walker's why we sleep and all of the research around the benefits of sleep and why we need it. And yet for the last, I say five or six weeks, for a reason I'm not consciously aware of, my sleeping pattern has just been a bit off. So if you've listened to this for a while, you'll know that back in like January, February, I was waking up at about half six, seven. I was going to the gym where I would charge the car I was then working until like 6pm, going home quite early and um, really focusing on sleep, trying to get nine hours of sleep opportunity at night, trying to get eight hours of sleep per night. And um, that just hasn't been the case recently. And I think what's happened in a way, this is another byproduct of 75 hard. If, <laughs> if ever there was an advert for not trying to do 75 hard, it is this episode because rather than trying to concurrently track two sets of habits throughout doing 75 hard like the ones I'm tracking for that and then the ones I would traditionally track anyway I've let the other habits the original list of habits that I basically live my life by I've let those not be tracked and in an interesting way that has shown which of those habits had already stuck and which hadn't because there are some habits on there 
which I still follow or follow almost every day, even though I don't need to tick the box and say, yep, I've actually done that. Even though I'm not checking myself against a list, I still do those things. But then there are others, such as those which complement good sleep, like tracking my sleep data, like not drinking caffeine after midday, which are so easy to not do. And I haven't been doing them. Like it is, like I say, about 3 p.m., I've literally just had some caffeine now, mainly to drag myself through this episode because as low energy as I am right now, I'm sure it would be even less bearable for you to watch or listen to if I hadn't caffeinated myself. But nonetheless, I have been breaking that rule on several days, which means that I am falling asleep later, which means that I am waking up later or not getting enough sleep. And that's having a knock on effect. And you know, that the World Health Organization says that chronic sleep depression, deprivation, sorry, is like six hours of sleep or fewer per night. And to be fair, recently, there have probably been a good few nights in a row where that's the kind of level of sleep I'm talking about. Um, and so I think what my kind of micro focus for the next few weeks is going to be, probably from Sunday onwards, is um, kind of scaling back everything a little bit to focus on getting those nine hours of sleep, knowing that when that's back in check, everything else will scale itself back up, right? I'm trying to do a lot right now and then not recover properly every single day. And they say that you can't actually feel the effects of sleep deprivation. Um, Like we are subjectively very bad at recognizing the impact of a lack of sleep generally as a population because your body almost becomes accustomed to it and used to it. But I think that I've almost gone the other way because I focused on sleep so bloody much for so long in life. I know exactly how I feel when I've had good sleep, when I've had enough sleep. And yet this feeling, which I have now, which sure some of it's coming from trying to go to the gym every day, but this is definitely um, the opposite of that. And it's mad to think, by the way, that people live their lives just like this. People get six hours five hours of sleep a night and function and because that's their base level they probably don't realize that they're leaving so much on the table from like a cognitive ability and a physical ability um, and a kind of mental sharpness point of view because their body is just never getting that deep sleep um, that that you need to grow and recover and um, it's certainly something I'm lacking at the moment and so Although I'm not going to be sleep, I'm, although I'm not going to be tracking my sleep data because the tracker, which I bought, is okay, but it's fairly inaccurate. So I'm just going to send it back and probably buy a Whoop 4. Whoop have released their new um, Whoop 4, which apparently is very, very good. It's expensive because it's like 35 or 40 quid a month or something recurring every month. So we're talking getting on for 500 quid a year. But I really liked my Whoop 3 and it's a lot more accurate than what I currently have um and I'm not going to buy an aura ring which is the sleep tracking ring because I find with the current sleep tracking ring which I use like 50% of the time I'll wake up and it'll be off my hand (laughs) like I must in my sleep find it irritating or annoying and take it off and so there are big bulks of data in my sleep data which are just missing because the the app thinks I'm waking up at like 3 a.m because the ring comes off and it assumes okay this person's now awake So yeah, although I'm not going to be tracking the data, um, I'm going to be just making a really conscious effort to get better sleep because it is a struggle right now. Um, 
If you listened to last week's episode, thank you for that. I really enjoyed listening back to that. Um, It made no sense whilst recording it, as you can imagine, because I was recording the chunks that were me and then dropped the clips of the guests in afterwards. And so as I was making it, I was kind of in my head a bit thinking, is this going to be any good? Is there going to be any value here? But actually um, watching it back, I think that it is really quite valuable because I mean, confidence is such an interesting topic because the more confidence you build, the more you realize just what you were lacking in the first place. Um, And I think this is true about most forms of self-development, right? There's almost this messy middle where there is a doorway, which when you open it, you can never close it again, but which most people don't even realize the door is there. So they never open it. And so most people are going about life living in a completely kind of ignorant way. And I don't mean that in a bad way. They are just ignorant to the fact that there is so much more within them, which they can do and achieve and become if only they were to kind of look introspectively at their own flaws or areas of improvement or the things that they want to work on. And before you're looking for that doorway, before you realize that you can improve in every single area of life, you don't know the doorway's there. And so you never look at it, you never open it. And you live, I imagine, almost in this really happy, (laughs) I imagine it's a fucking great way to live. You live in this really happy kind of bliss where you have your base levels of everything and that's just kind of how things are and that's fine and that's your life and you just carry on, right? And so for as long as you don't look at the door, perfect. But And this is what I've learned about confidence and a lot of other areas of self-development. The second you open that fucking door, the second you realize, shit, I could be better at X. I could do more with Y. The second you open the door and start to accept that there is a pathway that you can travel down to improve, you can never in your entire life, at least this is what I've learned and I'm a few years into this, you can't close that door. The second you're on that path, you're stuck on it, right? And, you know, diet, confidence, fitness, self-awareness, learning a skill, becoming a different person. These are pursuits which never end. These are things which you can ignore them. You can say, okay, I'm not going to focus on my nutrition. And the, the noticed effects of that, at least in the short term, are nothing. But the second you start learning about let's use that example, nutrition, the second you start being conscious about what goes into your body, you can't then reverse that knowledge. You can't then um, live in the the blissful ignorance of not knowing what's going into your body, right? Because then once you have the knowledge to understand that eating X thing will do X and eating Y thing will do Y, you're always facing decisions. You're always faced with the doorway, faced with the path that you can never unlearn. The same with fitness, right? The second you start seeing progress in the gym, even if you only go to the gym for six months, and this is kind of the path I'm on right now, right? Because when I was um, going to the gym very consistently in 2019, I realized that inputs equal outputs, right? I realized that although I couldn't see a difference in the mirror day by day when I was going, when I look back on the pictures from 2019 now, I was like really lean, quite muscular for relative to where I was nine months earlier um, and made I think good progress. I'm happy to say that. And so despite having lived like 23 years of life, never going to a gym and never really being aware of the changes which were possible, both in a positive sense, but also in a negative sense when I stopped going, because that doorway was then open, 
when we got to the end of these lockdowns in like October, November last year, and I, I like in a physical sense, looked at myself in a mirror and I thought it is fucking mental how much I've regressed. Like I looked myself in a mirror and I'm happy to say I did not like what I saw. And I was like, this doorway's fucking open now because I know I have the knowledge and I know I have the ability to go and do something about this. And so I couldn't just look at myself and be like, yeah, okay, this is just the way it is. It's cool. And maybe that makes me a flawed person. I don't know. But once you, like I say, once you open the door, you can't reverse it. Um, the same with learning a skill, right? We don't know what we don't know. And so before you begin trying to learn something or build knowledge or build a skill, you're almost entirely unaware of that entire domain or discipline or uh, set of knowledge, right? And so like, if you don't know about fucking evolutionary psychology, it means nothing to you. <laughs> like it, even that phrase, I'm sure if you haven't read books on evolutionary psychology, just those words as I throw them out there will mean nothing to you. And yet when you begin to learn about it, you realize that it it plays into so much of what we do today of your biggest and your smallest actions are guided by this kind of hardwired deep within us code which we can't change and before you know it's there you just get on with your life right you know you know you you don't overly question your motivations you're just like okay cool I just did this thing and just because I wanted to do it but then when you have the knowledge you're like fuck did I just do this thing because I wanted to do it or was it because of this kind of crazily deep-rooted cognitive bias which has been with us for hundreds of thousands of years because it once served an ancestor of mine and therefore I've evolved to have the certain gene type to you can't close the door. And so it's interesting because the more I focus on trying to improve areas of my life, and again, I'll say it, whether it's healthy or not, because I know that there is debate as to whether we should all just kind of accept who we are or whether we should try and push to be better. You know what side of the fence I sit on, but that debate to one side is really interesting because choosing to improve yourself in whatever way you want to is a big decision. I think it's a worthwhile decision. I think it's one that everybody should pursue. But I just think that you need to learn to live with and embrace the idea that the second you start making steps down a pathway to improve a certain area of your life, you can never go back. And like I say, I think that's a positive because although there are edge cases where people through no fault of their own through just kind of being pre-exposed to different conditions therefore go too far for most of us I think that if there are two paths in front of us in life and one is instant gratification and getting what you want now and being comfortable and being happy and just kind of chilling out and being that person and it feels great in the moment but actually you live the same fucking day every day of your life and nothing ever happens and nothing ever improves and you are stuck and if the second path is you live a life which is slightly less exciting, which is slightly less comfortable, which puts you through more strain, which is slower, which changes the fundamental dynamic of your life because you understand that if you're not moving, you're falling backwards. If those two paths are in front of you, the only advice I could ever give being a few years into this is you need to turn away from that instant gratification path so fucking quickly before it drags you in because it feels really nice. It feels lovely 
to do nothing and take the one path. And it's really scary to take the other, especially with everything I've just said, right? Because the second you go down that path, there's no turning back. The second you understand and have the knowledge on certain areas of life, when you slip back to instant gratification, you can't not call yourself out. You're aware of it. You call out your own bullshit. You realize when you're falling short of the standards which you have set for yourself. But even though the second path is a lot less comfortable and gives you far fewer rewards in the long term, at least I have made a bet with myself. I have put trust in the idea and the concept that that more difficult path, that path which you can never look away from, which will stalk you for the rest of your life because you've chosen to walk down it, is the more worthwhile of the two. And so that's the bet I'm making. I could be wrong, but that was just something I realized when reflecting on last week's episode because, you know, before I was aware that I could improve my confidence, like I said last week, I just did nothing about it and it was quite blissful, to be honest. It was a less um, fulfilled life, but it was a very comfortable one. But having been down both paths, I would pick the less comfortable one any day of the week because I know that it leads to more worthwhile places. And then speaking of improving things in a <laughs> in a far less important way this time, um, this is a weird one. So I managed to do a pull-up in the gym the other day. And if you're one of the few people on my close friend story on Instagram, um, number one, hello, thanks for listening to this. <laughs> and number two, um, you will know that since I did that singular pull-up, I have been making a ridiculous and disproportionate amount of noise about the idea of trying to do pull-ups and it's because although it seems fairly inconsequential in and of itself the act of just doing a pull-up it basically means nothing right the reason I've been making such a big deal out of it is it's quite symbolic to me of silently making progress kind of behind the scenes in the gym because for me personally although I actually weigh more now than I basically ever have my body weight to strength ratio has always meant that ever since I first stepped foot in a gym a few years ago I have never once been able to do one single rep one single pull-up right I haven't had the upper body strength to pull my entire body weight towards a bar once and unless you go to the gym and have started from like a low base level you won't understand why it's difficult, but I promise you getting to that point, as lots of people have now messaged and spoke about since I posted those posts, it's very difficult. It's one of the hardest challenges you overcome in the gym because SD card ran out of memory there. So if you're watching this on YouTube and you just saw a random jump, that's what it is. But anyway, I was talking about pull-ups. Um, it's one of the hardest challenges to overcome in the gym because with any other kind of exercise, you can basically... Um, start really small right if you're doing a bicep curl you can literally if you need to start with the 2kg weights and start there and build up and therefore you're able to do full reps and build strength with a particular muscle group um, basically from zero whereas with a pull-up you're pulling your entire body weight which is a fixed and static number unless you're doing something to offset that like doing kind of assisted pull-ups with a band or like the machine like you have to either pull your entire body weight or not. There's no kind of mid-rep here, right? And the reason that I have made such a big deal out of it is because I would try and do a pull-up maybe every month when I used to go to the gym. And then even recently, I used to try and do it back in the, the other gym I went to and I couldn't. And so I just stopped trying for a while. And it's something, because it's not in my training plan, um, which is more structured now than it has been for a while, it's just something that I have not tried. But 
recently, when was it? Like five or six days ago, I was in the gym and I was bored between sets. And so I just gave one a go and um, it worked. I was able to actually pull my entire body weight up once and I was like, fucking hell, this is a big deal because the difference between zero and one on a pull-up is everything, right? And the reason it was quite symbolic in my mind is because I hadn't tried it in months and I'd assumed that I couldn't do it and none of the other exercises I was doing other than maybe a lap pull-down are directly contributing towards my ability to be able to do it. But by focusing individually on all of the component parts of building strength without even realising it, I had progressed into being able to do something that I thought I couldn't. Um, and then I managed like three the next day and four the next day. And that's kind of the benchmark I'm at now. Four is like my starting point to be able to do a full set this year. Um, before July is actually my goal, which I think is doable. It's a nice little micro target, but it was just a reminder that even though things don't change quickly in the gym, even though I can look in the mirror and not actually see any difference week in, week out, month in, month out even, that was a reminder that there are objective measures which take place Um when you're working on yourself which come from nowhere and they are day and night right there is in every facet of life there are things which you can't do right up until the point that you can and the only way that you get there is not by focusing on the fact that you can't do it and obsessing but by taking a more kind of holistic approach to everything you're working on and just trying to slowly improve every single day um and then on the topic of fitness next week i'm going to have ollie horton come on who I mean, you'll know Ollie. You've heard our episodes before. He's great. We can talk forever. But I want to do something a bit more structured with Ollie next week, which is sit down and have him as a qualified PT and somebody who's really into fitness um, and who's actually really great at communicating how to functionally go about building fitness as well. Give you a complete overview of how to go from where you might be now, which might be a very inactive lifestyle with a very kind of passive job where you just sit down all day um, and you might just eat what you want to eat and you might have always wanted to begin on a journey of fitness or a journey of improving your health maybe because you want an incredible body maybe because you just want to be able to run around the garden with your kids and actually live a more fulfilled life and I never had a single point of truth that I could look to which was an entire guide of how to get started all of the basics, all of the fundamentals. And so I messaged Ollie the other day and asked if he would come on to give us that. So exactly what you need to do to build a solid foundation of health and fitness right the way from sleep to nutrition to exercise to recovery, the whole thing condensed down, I would say into an hour, but I know what me and Ollie are like. It might be a bit longer than that, but basically condensed down into a short singular podcast or video that you can watch or listen to and reference in the future and use as your kind of single point of truth guidebook on how to improve your fitness this year. Uh, so that's going to be exciting. We've also got a few more guests confirmed. It has been a struggle recently getting guests confirmed. I think that people are just busier now than they were back at the beginning of the year when I confirmed the first batch. And so calendars are moving a lot. Um, we've got Luke Burgess, who is the author of Wanting, a book all about mimetic desire, which is very interesting. John Yates, the author of Fractured. Nir Eyal is coming on, which I'm incredibly excited about. If you know me, you know that Nir Eyal's work is something which naturally resonates with me based on my interests. Um, I have to say thank you to David for helping sort that one out as well. Uh, we have Johan Hari. Eventually, he is out writing another book at the moment, so I'm not sure exactly when that schedule is going to realign, but that will be coming soon. 
and also there are some other big fish that I'm trying to hook at the moment so um see how we get on um but that is it thank you as always for listening this has been a rough episode because I feel very rough as discussed but nonetheless we got through it one SD card change later um and yeah thank you thank you for listening thank you for being patient with this one coming out and I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 116 of life and lessons see you then A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.